This is Michael Zuber, and I just wanted to thank you for listening to my One Rental at a Time podcast. Did you know that I took the time to document the entire process I used to learn my market and actually still use today? I released it as a $199 online course via Teachable, and it is called How to Get Started One Rental at a Time. With that, you get access to my private Facebook group and can join our group mentoring calls every Saturday at 9 a.m. Pacific. You can find it on my website at onerentalatatime.com. Now on with the show. Hey everyone, it is Monday. You know what that means? We start off strong and we bring on Greg Dickerson. How are you doing, sir? Doing great, Michael. How are you? I, I'm doing great. So I, should, I, I missed it. I should have said Happy New Year. This is our first discussion. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, you know, it's funny. Happy New Year. It's a Monday. New week, new year, new month. The whole yeah, nine yards. The whole nine yards, yeah. Well, let's come out swinging, right? Rich Dad, Poor Dad is a book that I think the last time I saw it is sold 30 million copies, just some wow. astronomical number. And uh, obviously, uh, Robert Kiyosaki and Kim Kiyosaki have taken that book, seminal book, great book, changed my life, into lots of other things. But I want to focus just on Rich Dad, Poor Dad because I've read it maybe 30, maybe 40 times by now. And I actually think for all the things that are right with it, there's actually a lot of things wrong with it. And I think a lot of people, A, I think there's a lot of things wrong with it. And B, I think a lot of people don't read it correctly. And I think you and I have talked about it casually. But topic number one today is going to be what's wrong with rich dad, poor dad. What do you think? Mm-hmm. Okay, let's do it, man. So uh, what what do you, what's on your mind with it? What do you well, see think, that's wrong? Well, I think the first thing is, is a lot of people read the book, at least, okay, I think you can really read the book and think two things. And we're on the opposite sides of this. I read that book and I want to be Robert and Kim, mm-hmm. right? And that takes you, that could take you so far. However, you have shared multiple times that you read the book and you're like, I want to be rich dad. I mean, I got to tell you that never even popped in my mind. I don't know what I missed. You said that to me the first time, like three episodes ago. And I'm like, I am such an idiot. So I'm curious, I just want to talk <laughs> about that because a lot of I people- wouldn't, I wouldn't it. say, I wouldn't say that, you know, it's, it's just interesting because I've never heard anybody else say that either. I'm the mm-hmm. only one that's ever said that that I know of. And I've, I tell everybody that, and I'm sure there's other people that read it and saw the same thing. And then um, the other thing is a lot of people read it and they get real estate investing out of the book and that's how they see it versus what I saw it. So I didn't see it as a real estate book. I saw it as a build businesses to generate cash flow to invest in other assets. Rich Dad is the one who owned the businesses. Everybody came to him. So that's what that's just what I saw. And it's and it's where I was. So I'm a natural born entrepreneur. Yeah. You know, I've been doing it since I was a kid. You know, and what I mean by that is like a lot of people did stuff as kids, lemonade stands, cutting grass, this, that, and the other. What I really mean is the mindset of an entrepreneur, which we're going to get into that later. I learned how if I wanted something, go create the money to buy it. So that's what I learned. That's why I call myself a natural born entrepreneur. I was taught at a very young age, if you want something, don't ask me for it. Go make money to pay for it from my parents. That's what my dad taught me. So he's, you know, I knew don't ask him for money. If I wanted money, I needed to go out and make some money and uh, and pay for it. That's awesome. So again, so I think we're going to hit the real estate one next, but let's really key on, because again, right, I, I've read Rich Dad, Poor Dad so much, I can almost, you know, I almost quote it. Um, so so you read that book in, in, I can still remember different parts of the book, right? Robert sitting in the office watching Rich Dad as mm-hmm. people came in, right? I, I can picture yep. it now. And now I can see what you're seeing. 
It's like, Mm -hmm. I don't want to be the kid in the corner. I want to be the guy behind the desk. Yeah, not because I want to be this whatever, but that's where the opportunities came from. Right. And he was mentoring everybody. So he was teaching Robert. He was teaching Robert's friend. You know, he was teaching these other people, but that's where the businesses, the opportunities, that's where everything came from. And And I was like, I want to be rich dad. And that's what I did. And I mean, I literally, that's what I did. I mean, people came to me, I had the office and, you know, literally I lived it out and then I reinvested in in other assets. The interesting thing is I think with that book, I think more people in the W2 world employee sector read that book and read it from that standpoint. I'm an employee, my income's limited. So I've got to move from the employee to self-employed, you know, from self-employed to business owner, from business owner to investor. Right. So people look at the cash flow quadrant and they get kind of locked into that, you know, and then that takes you down the one path of, you know, buy property. You know, that's because that's what Robert did because he didn't really start businesses either. Although the rich dad, you know, education company is his business, but his whole thing was more any, you know, he had a few other little things like the Velcro wallet company and stuff that he kind of played with. Yeah. But it was more real estate than it was business. Whereas I was always looking at it from the perspective of, Rich dad's the one who's got it going on. I want to know what he knows. Yeah, I ne- I again, I never saw that. It never dawned on me. The one thing I will say in the cash flow quadrant, I knew I wasn't going to be a small business or a big business. For me, it was about going, how can I go from the employee to the investor, right? That was, right. That, that's how, at least I made that connection, right? I was going to go from there to there. Um, and that's what I did. Well, and I knew I'm- for me, so I had no college education. I wasn't making a lot of money. So for me, the only solution was I had to start businesses. That's the only way I was going to make enough money to live how I wanted to live and to do what I wanted to do. You know, cause I mean, I was a 10, $15 an hour employee until I started managing restaurants and I was making 30 to 50 grand a year, you know, which I mean, back in 1995, wasn't, you know, a terrible salary, but it's not enough to have anything left over to invest. Yeah. It's, you got yeah. nothing left with two kids, a house, car payments, you got nothing left. So after taxes, I mean, if you're making back then, I mean, you know, it's not a whole lot different now, you know, I mean, if you're making a hundred grand a year now after taxes, it's not a lot left. Nothing left. Um, So anyway, so for me, that was the only path. I had to create businesses in order to generate what I wanted so that I could invest. Yeah. Then, you know, the other point, again, we're saying I'm using the word wrong very loosely, you know, Mm -hmm. I, yeah, I'm, I'm using that very loosely. Again, it's a seminal book. It changed my life, all that stuff. The other thing you said is absolutely correct, right? You read that book, or at least I read it from a W-2 mindset, and I saw real estate as my thing, right? I came to that book from a very depressed state. I had just lost about 150 grand in the stock market, more money than my family had ever seen. I lost in the matter of a month, five weeks, totally depressed. So one of the things I came to that book, I was hungry. I was hungry. I was starving and I didn't know I was starving, I guess I would say. And that book sparked something I had never thought of, which was rental properties. Mm-hmm. And yeah, you're right. I took that as like, okay, I'm going to go do that next. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. a lot of people do, you know, a lot of people that are in the real estate world, you know, read that book and that's, that's how they view it. Yeah. You know, so my viewpoint was, you know, just a little bit different, but that's what clicked with me in, in that book. And, you know, and again, I just, I did it. I just went and did it. And, yeah. The, uh, you know, I continued to educate myself. I read his other books. I read mm-hmm. every rich dad book there was the real estate book, the, you know, tax and accounting book. I mean, all of it. 
Yeah. Um, you too. know, bought the game, you know, yep. had my kids, I, you know, and let them read it, started giving that to people I knew. But you know, what's funny is I gave that book out to hundreds of people in my lifetime. None of them have done with it any, what I did or, you know what I mean? So yeah, that's another topic of a video, you know, like you said, that book changed your life. That book didn't change your life. Okay. The ideas in the book gave you the ability to change your life through taking action. Yeah. You changed your life. That's fair. The book just opened your mind to what's possible, but you still got to go do the work. I've given that book to hundreds of people didn't do anything with it. Yeah. And again, I, I think that's a very valid point. I, I, and I said it earlier, I'll say it again. I came to that book starving and I didn't know. Right. Mm -hmm. So it was the raw meat. I was like, Oh, I'm going to go do that. Cause you're right. It, read that book and really tell me it tells you how to do real estate. It doesn't. It tells you about a condo <clears throat> in Hawaii that yeah. didn't face the ocean and it should have. And then it talks about her condo in Portland or Beaverton or wherever the hell it was, but there is no how to. And that's, that's why I wrote no. that, that book was because, okay, I read it. It changed my life, but now let's go write a true 15 year history of what, how you bought it, what changed, what worked, what didn't. And oh, by the way, I happened to invest through a crazy up market, a, the real estate depression, hedge funds coming in and screwing with the market. That book has history in it. Not Richard mm -hmm. Portad doesn't have any history. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I'd have to reread it again because it's been a while, but I think he talks about maybe a, you know, a small multifamily unit at some point and different things, but yeah, it doesn't give you a whole lot of how to, it's just the ideas and the concepts, just like business. It didn't tell me how to go start a business. Yeah. I just, I just did. <laughs> yeah. Know? One of the most seminal moments that was quoted forever. I don't hear it quoted a lot more anymore was your house is not an asset, mm -hmm. right? Or your home is not an asset. Um, right. When you read that, what did you think? Did that kind of feel odd to you when you read that the first time? I understood the concept, you know, and during the time that I read it, um, <clears throat> you know, I could agree with it to, to a certain point because I bought my first house in 1990 and I sold it in 1995 for about what I paid for it. So it wow. didn't really make me any money at the end of the day. Cause that's kind of the real estate market was a little bit depressed. Yeah. And then I bought my second house, you know, along the 1997, when I moved to the outer banks, um, you know, and that's about when I read it. So I, I understood what he was saying because that's the time we were in real estate wasn't appreciating, you know, greatly, but talk to my grandparents who bought their house for, you know, $20,000 back in the thirties or forties, whenever they bought it and ended up selling it at the end of their life for 200,000. Is that a good investment or is that a liability? Yeah. So, you know, so it's all in how you look at it. I guess at the end of the day, what he was saying is whatever takes money out of your pocket is a liability. Whatever puts money in your pocket is an asset. So that clicked with me mm -hmm. and it's good debt, bad debt. You know, it's kind of what he was talking about. And the mindset of the middle class, we did that episode last week of buy as much house as you possibly can, max it out because that's the best investment you can ever make. Now that's not correct. Always. Oh, oh yeah. You, know, you have to buy under market value or be able to add value uh, in order for, you know, a house to be a good investment. And we've all learned from 2008 and mm -hmm. nine, I mean, houses were generally going up pretty much every year until that point. And then oh, yeah. bam, and now we've gotten back and now we're seeing, seeing hyperinflation and housing. It's going to deflate and it's going to go backwards at some point when the interest rate environment changes, if, and when that does happen. So real estate's going to crash again at some point, you know, in the housing market, the housing market will crash. Mm -hmm. The question is when and to what degree. You yeah. know, uh, will it go? So it's all supply and demand. You know, every market, you know, has a 
you know, a price, every market is made by supply and demand, Bitcoin, gold, equities, uh, and it's all driven by Fed policy, you know, yeah. interest rates. Yeah, the other thing I thought I would ask you here is, again, what we've read about Robert Kiyosaki, and again, what you what we've read and, and what we may have heard, would you call him a natural entrepreneur as well, right? He went to military, then he was a ship captain, and but he mm-hmm. seemed to always be starting businesses, no? I, you know, I don't, I don't think so, because again, okay. he went the traditional route before mm-hmm. he fell into, well, you know, I don't know. It's, I, 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 I don't really know, I'm just know. asking. I mean, that'd be, yeah, that'd be an interesting question. I mean, I don't remember him talking about his childhood, although I guess he said that was his friend's dad that they grew up around. So he learned from him at a young age, Yeah. Um, you know, so I guess maybe he was because he did do the wallet thing. They lived, you know, on the beach for a while. They were homeless yeah. again. I don't know how much of that's true and how much is story because yeah, a lot of, of that book is just story. Yeah. Even the whole rich dad analogy, I think I, I, mean, debunked, I don't even, yeah. 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 I don't know if that was a real thing or just an analogy or, you know, he said, yeah, I had a friend whose dad was this, but it, you know, anyways, I'm not even sure where that stands, but yeah. um, you know, I need to go back and reread that book at some point, but I think, yeah, I guess he was an entrepreneur um, from a certain degree. The question is, when did it hit? Was he doing it as a kid? He was definitely learning, but I don't know if he was actually out doing it you know, making money as a kid, as an entrepreneur. Yeah. You know, I, when I asked that question, I had one answer, but as I listened to you, I think I've changed my mind. I don't, I don't, I think he caught lightning in a bottle, right. With that book. Mm -hmm. And then I think he had a bunch of coaches or mentors or advice, maybe advisors might be the right word advisors helping him go that direction. Cause clearly he's, I'm guessing worth hundreds of millions of dollars by now, just given everything they've done over the last several decades. Um, I think if that book doesn't come out, it's not worth anywhere close to that. I just, I think the book yeah, was- Yeah, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah, that's hard to say. That, that, that was a big part of his journey and, and where opportunities were created and following that rich dad path, yeah. which is what he did. You know, oh, it's so yeah. funny because, you know, he didn't really go down the real estate path. It was more of the entrepreneurial rich dad path. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Well, yeah. again, I just wanted to ask you that. That's kind of episode one for today. Uh, I guess in closing, would you, if you have it, if somebody watching this hasn't read it, would you give it a thumbs up to, to read it? Yeah, absolutely. But I'd read it from the perspective of all angles, you know, yeah. so understand fundamentally what it's trying to teach. Uh, and it, I don't know if it's been updated or revised, you know, for the current environment. And then there's other books in the series as well that are, that are really good. You know, he's got some real estate books and some tax books and, you know, things like that. Yeah. The one book that I read that I actually liked more than Rich Dad, Poor Dad was the, it ha- it's not talked about a lot. It was the one with him and his wife on the cover on horses called Retire Young, Retire Rich. Mm-hmm. That's the one I read. Actually, it was my first LLC was um, RYRR Holdings because of that book. Yeah, I'll be yeah. darned. Yeah, yeah, I read that one. I read Prophecy. I read, you know, the the rich kid, poor kid. I read yeah. the say he's got a sales book with that guy. You know, I can't remember who that was, but you yeah. know, he's done different books. Keith Cunningham, you yep. know, stuff with him. Ken McElroy. Um, yeah. Ken McElroy. Yeah. So I've read all those. The ABC's real estate. Yep. Yeah. Me too. All right. Well, that's the uh, and again, I would give it a thumbs up too. But realize what you're getting. It, to me, it's more of a mindset book. Uh, mm-hmm. read it from both sides now that, you know, I'm probably going to read it again. I'm going to try to read it from Mitch dad's perspective. Cause I've never done. Yeah. That. The end of the day is you got to be an investor. That, yeah. That's what he's talking about. He's talking about assets, liabilities, understanding that and understanding that you have to become, you have to move from the employee quadrant to, you know, the self-employed to the business owner, to the investor, Perfect. you know, and that's who rich dad was. So I just went right for that. Why <laughs> just skip everything else and just go right for that. You're awesome. Greg. Thank you very much for today. That's topic. Number one.